0: Section six of The Vegetable Garden. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sherry Gardner. The Vegetable Garden by Ida Dandridge Bennett. Chapter five, part one. The construction and care of hot beds cold frames, and pits. To attempt to garden without the aid of a well-equipped and constructed hotbed is to put one at a disadvantage in the beginning of the season, a disadvantage which strenuous effort and the most favorable of seasons will rarely compensate one for, as a well-stocked and successful hotbed will supply the garden with an immense amount of plants of the most desirable varieties at the minimum of cost and at just the season that they will be needed the possession of a hotbed greatly advances the garden season as the seed may be planted and the plants brought to a suitable size for planting out by the time that lacking this convenience the seed would be going into the open ground this advances the season some six weeks and makes an appreciable difference in the maturing of plants and vegetables there has long been a feeling among the uninitiated that hot beds cold frames and the like are conveniences reserved for the professional florist the fortunate few who possess a gardener or are otherwise favored by fortune Nothing could be more mistaken than this idea. The construction and care of the hotbed is so simple, and in its simpler forms, so inexpensive as to be within the reach of the gardener whose little plot of land comprises but a few square yards of ground, while at the same time its capacity may be extended to meet the requirements of the most extensive estate, or commercial plant. Primarily, it consists of a receptacle where bottom heat can be supplied and plants grown at a time when the weather is too cold for the carrying on of gardening operations in the open ground, where protection may be supplied against the elements, and the conditions governing plant growth held in control. The manner in which this is done will depend largely upon the length of the purse the results will be the same whether it be a small hotbed or a large one there is so much questionable information floating around in the magazines and papers anent the proper time for starting the hotbed that a little discussion on this point may not be amiss at this time I noticed an article recently in which it was stated that the middle of February was the proper time in which to start the hotbed. I have no doubt that there are certain sections of the country in which the hotbed may, with advantage, be started as early as February, but they will not be found in the vicinity of New York, Chicago, Detroit, or anywhere much north of Philadelphia there is no amount of heating material which may be put into a hotbed pit or any devised covering which will keep the frost out of a hotbed when the temperature is loafing around in the vicinity of zero for a stretch of several days at a time as it is prone to do in february at the north nor would there be any practical reason for this early starting of the beds were it possible for them to be kept free from frost and the plants in a growing condition, which the necessity of covering with rags and things which shut out air and light for days at a time would render impossible. The prime object in the use of a hotbed is to have plants ready for setting out in the open ground as soon as the weather is favorable. This will not be in the case of most plants, until all danger of frost is past, This period varies according to location. In the vicinity of Detroit and Chicago, it may be generally calculated as from April 1st to about May 20th, and throughout the country at large it may be generally accepted as the average corn-planting time such seeds as radishes beets onions for transplanting celery etc should be planted as soon as april first and plants of cabbage lettuce etc should be ready to go into the open ground by april twentieth it will then be seen that it is necessary to start the hotbeds early enough to get the plants sufficiently advanced to plant out when the right season has come seeds of some plants require much less time to germinate than do others and such seeds may be planted nearer corn planting time than the others generally speaking about six weeks or at the most two months should be allowed for the development of the plant so if we accept may twentieth as a safe time for this operation It will be seen that the 1st of March, and not much earlier, is a good and practical time for getting the hotbed in commission, and very satisfactory results may be secured by starting as late as the 1st or even the middle of April, as at that time the weather is mild enough for the sash to be raised a considerable part of the day, giving the plants abundance of fresh air which makes for robust plants. Plants which are left in the hotbeds even a few days longer than necessary are apt to be injured. For one thing, they become crowded and spindly, and their roots penetrate below the soil into the crude heated manure and are injured. They become matted and must be separated, and more or less injury results in the process all of which would be avoided if the plants could go into the ground as soon as they are ready. Next in importance in the starting of the hotbed is the location. This will depend largely upon the arrangement of the grounds and buildings, and I can only point out the most desirable conditions. The location should be the warmest at command, and one which will receive the greatest amount of sunshine. It should be on the south side of a building or high-board fence, and should have some protection from rough west winds if possible. It should be easily accessible from the house, as the beds will require frequent and often sudden attention. The lay of the land should afford good drainage, so that the water will not settle back against the beds this is of special importance where the beds are to be used as cold frames for the carrying of plants through the winter where the drainage is at all faulty it will be well to construct a drain in one corner of the beds by digging a hole and setting a porous tile therein or filling with broken crocks gravel or other rough material the opening should be flush with the surface of the soil or slightly lower and be covered with sphagnum moss or a piece of sod laid grass-side down to prevent the soil working in and filling the drain this will carry off any surface water that might accidentally find its way into the beds but where the hotbeds are to be used the year round and may be considered permanent constructions it will be well to begin right by draining the land in the immediate vicinity if low or by hauling on sufficient earth to raise the grade above the danger line considerable more soil will be thrown out in the first excavation of the pits then will be returned when the beds are made all the subsoil removed may be used to raise the grade of the land if necessary and where the same site is used for the beds from year to year the handling of the soil as it is thrown in each year will aid in raising the soil in the vicinity of the beds until in time a good natural drainage is established The construction of the hotbed may be of any building material, ranging from the inexpensive frame contrived from the waste lumber about the place, and old window sash, to florist sash, and walls of concrete, brick, and cement blocks, the last three being permanent and highly satisfactory. These permanent frames are the cheapest in the end. For the temporary home or the small city lot, where it is desired to use the ground for other purposes, once the hotbed has served its purpose, the frame construction will be preferable. In the latter case, it may consist merely of a frame set on the surface of the ground and removed when its usefulness is passed this forms the cheapest and also the least satisfactory of beds for while it answers the practical purposes of a hotbed there is nothing below the surface of the ground to protect the beds from the incursions of vermin of various kinds as mice and moles two mischievous enemies of the hotbed and cold frame the size of the beds will depend upon the size of the sash used if the frame is to be of plank and the sash discarded window sash which by the way is by no means to be despised the beds will be of a size to correspond it will always be found an advantage in constructing hotbeds especially if the beds are set against a building and are only to be approached from one side to have them of a size that may be easily reached across as nothing is more tiresome and unsatisfactory than to try to care for a bed too wide to be easily reached in all of its parts three feet will be as wide as can be conveniently handled but the length may be as long as desired in excavating the pit for the frames it will be found a convenience where there are several for the pit to be in one long excavation the necessary divisions being made by partitions in the frame itself and which need not extend below the surface of the ground these partitions being removable may be lifted in the spring when the beds are to be made leaving the full size of the pit to work in and will be found to require far less labor than to attempt the excavation of a number of small pits in restricted quarters the pit should be about four feet deep and of a size to readily receive the frame and the sides of the pit should be as firm and even as may be practicable the bottom especially should be level and hard but no artificial bottom is required or should be made In constructing the frame, four corner posts of any rough stuff, two by four inches in diameter and long enough to reach from the top of the frame to the bottom of the pit, should be used, the posts for the back being six inches longer than those for the front. Upon these the planks, which should be of good size and of clear lumber, that is free from knot holes or if these cannot be avoided they should be masked with pieces of tin nailed over them so as to effectually shut out vermin of all kinds the planks should extend below the surface of the ground two feet six inches according to the season though if preferred they may extend to the bottom of the pit But this is not really necessary, as moles, and especially mice, rarely enter beds at a lower depth. The proper slant may be given the top by sawing a 9-inch board in two on the bias, and using one section for an end, placing the boards with the sawn side down, and nailing through the thin ends of the pieces, into the boards below and also upon the corner posts. The frame should extend above the ground about a foot in the front and a foot and a half at the back. This gives the proper slant to shed rain and also gathers the greatest possible amount of sunshine. The back of the frame should be the thickness of the sash higher than the sides and front if the beds are set close to a building or wall in order that the sash may fit back snugly against the back of the frame where they may be attached by hinges and so raised without removing a notched stick should be fastened at the front or sides of the frames to hold the sash at any desired height when airing them where two or more sash are used and it may be desired to divide the bed with partitions in order that plants requiring different conditions of temperature air or moisture may be successfully grown narrow strips of wood may be nailed to the back and front of the partitions at the point where the sash meet and about an inch and a quarter apart into these inch boards may be slipped their tops level with the sash, and their lower sides extending slightly below the level of the ground. The top board will, of course, need to be sawed on the same slant as the ends of the frame. These not only serve the purpose of separating the several portions of the bed, but also furnish a firm support for the sides of the sash and of closing any cracks that may exist in the jointure of the sash. All sash should be in a good, water-tight condition, and no cracked glass or defective putty should be tolerated. It will be well if the amateur gardener acquaint himself with the use of putty, and so provide against the loss by sudden breakage of glass by hail, carelessness, or other causes of a valuable lot of plants. There are few things more prone to disaster than hotbed sash, and it might be helpful to know in this connection that broken glass is easily and quickly removed by the application of hot iron to the putty. Where the ground is to be used for other purposes in the summer, it will only be necessary to construct a frame about a foot high in front and 18 inches at the back with corner posts of equal height as in this case the frame merely rests upon the surface of the ground or only six inches or a foot below it the soil and manure being piled about the frame to exclude cold such frames are very handy to protect beds of tender roses and other plants during winter as they may be readily moved about from place to place or if only wanted for spring use they may be fastened together with pegs or hooks and so taken apart and piled away like boards until wanted again another spring in constructing permanent beds with brick walls the pit should be dug four inches larger all around to allow for the laying of the brick four inches the width of the brick will be sufficient for these walls except where frost works into it and second-class brick may be used it should be laid with cement and given a finishing coat of one to three cement all over in laying brick or cement walls it will be well to mortise in a strip of wood on the top for the sash to rest upon also the cleats of wood for the partitions to slide in and a shoulder may be left in the cement for strips of wood to extend across the beds under the jointure of the sash to rest in where partitions are not to be run through the beds and but two sash are to be used where window sash is used it may be hinged to the strips of wood on top of the walls as is done on wooden frames concrete makes a very substantial and comparatively cheap wall these should be somewhat thicker than the brick and are laid up by the aid of a square wooden frame or form the size of the inside dimension of the pit the excavation being about eight inches larger all around in laying the wall a rough concrete of sharp sand and gravel in the proportion of one part of cement to six or seven parts of sand and gravel is used this is placed in the space between the frame and wall and tamped down firmly and until the moisture rises to the surface all four walls may be laid at once to a height of one foot and then allowed to harden before adding the succeeding foot always wet the last course of cement before adding fresh concrete after the wall is built up to the desired height a frame of narrow strips of wood should be fitted to the top as in the case of the brick wall such a wall is very economical warm and durable having constructed the hotbed of the chosen material all that remains to do is to put it in commission to accomplish this fresh horse manure sufficient to fill the beds quite to the top will be required this should be procured before frozen from that which has accumulated overnight from young grain-fed horses it should be mixed with straw or better still with leaves An amount equal in bulk to the manure this admixture of leaves or straw is very important as this furnishes heat by the fermentation or heating of the manure and ensures the permanency of the heat were only manure used the heat would be intense at the start but soon die out for lack of fuel the manure and leaves should be thoroughly mixed and may be piled at once in the pits packing it down lightly that all parts of the pit may be filled or it may be allowed to get well heated before filling the frames should the manure be very dry it may be sprinkled with hot water place the sash on the beds and leave the manure to heat which will begin almost at once if the manure is all right the temperature of the mass may be tested by a thermometer thrust into it or if a pitchfork is thrust into the manure and allowed to remain a few moments and then withdrawn it will show at once if the mass is heating when the heat has penetrated every part of the mass especially the corners it may be tramped down professional gardeners put the manure in a pile and turn it over once or twice as it heats before placing it in the pits but they handle so large a quantity that it is not possible to get sufficient at one time for all the beds so older manure is used and allowed to heat in piles for the home garden however i have found this way more satisfactory and far less work Occasionally. When not able to get sufficient fresh manure for all my beds, I have supplemented it with manure from the heap at the barn, which had begun to heat, and have found it answered very well. End of Chapter Five, Part One, Recording by Sherry Gardner.